Welcome to the Summerton Church of God Sermon Podcast, a podcast to help you find life, freedom, and purpose in Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful today that come hell or high water, God is still in control and God is still on his throne. I do want to remind you that any time during our worship experience today, uh, you can give, you can go to summitandcog.com, our website, you can give there. Uh, You can give through the Church Center app. Uh, You can uh, text to give. You can uh, put put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it, and you can mail it in to us. Uh, You can continue to give uh, through this season we're in right now. And I just want to take a moment and say thank you so much uh, for your consistency and your faithfulness in giving. You continue to be generous, and because of that, we can continue to have an impact uh, even in this crisis that we're in right now. Well, this morning, I want you to take your Bibles, uh, your iPhones, your iPad, your computer, whatever it is that you're going to use today uh, to pull up the Scripture. I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And if you would, just find it and, uh, and just hold it there until we get to the reading of that passage of Scripture. But today, I want to talk to you about something that I believe all of us can relate to. I want to talk to you today about pressure, being under pressure. Now, I know when you see that title, there's some of you that, uh, that grew up during the time that I did, the first thing that's going to come to your mind is a song that was popular in in the 70s, maybe the early 80s, done by a rock band by the name of Queen, and I'm not going to lie, I liked me some Queen in my day, but they had a song called Under Pressure, but that's not what this message is about today. Uh, I, I feel qualified to talk to you today about pressure for three reasons. Number one, I've been married for over 36 years. Number two, I've been a parent for over 33 years. And then number three, I've been a pastor for over 30 years. So I feel qualified today to talk about the subject of pressure because with all of those situations, the Lord has taught me about how to handle and to manage the pressure that comes into our lives. You know, all of us respond to pressure differently. Some people thrive under pressure, while other people choke under pressure. Take Michael Jordan, for example. Michael Jordan thrived under pressure. When the game was on the line, he wanted the ball in his hands. And as we know, he made many pressure shots. And he won many games when that game was under pressure. But then there's other people, rather than thriving under pressure, they choke under pressure. We've all seen it, the field goal kicker that needs to just make a 30-yard field goal to win the game, chokes under pressure, misses the field goal, and loses the game. Let me tell you what we, the church, need to be doing for such a time as this. We need to be saying, hey, we want the ball in our hands. We know it's a time of pressure, but we also know that this is a time when we can thrive. So I want you to know, I want the ball in my hands right now. 
because I believe that God is giving us an opportunity right now to be the church unlike we have ever had an opportunity to be the church. We have an opportunity right now to be light and to shine bright for the glory of God. And we're going to do just that. We're not going to let the pressure of this moment get the best of us, but we're gonna seize this divine moment to do something great for the kingdom of God. Amen. I really believe that this morning. Now, I want you to look at this passage of Scripture with me, if you would, today. Here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 through 11. And in this passage of Scripture, we're going to read about an occasion in the life of the Apostle Paul when he was facing some intense pressure. As a matter of fact, the pressure was so intense that Paul wasn't even sure if he was going to survive that season of his life. Let's read the scripture together, and then we're going to come back and just kind of break it down this morning. Notice the scripture says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, We felt that we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. In that passage of Scripture, the Apostle Paul tells us three things that we need to know about pressure. First of all, he talks to us about the problem of pressure. And let me just tell you right up front what the problem of pressure is. Pressure clouds our perspective. Pressure clouds our judgment. It it, it begins to make us think that there are some things that are going to happen and fear that some things are going to happen that never happen. It clouds our perspective. It clouds our judgment. And that's what it did for a moment in the life of the Apostle Paul. His pressure clouded his perspective. Look at what he says. He said, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. Now, I find it interesting here that that, that Paul says, we don't want you to be uninformed, but then he doesn't inform us. So evidently, the crowd that he's talking to was aware of the occasion that he was talking about. Something had happened in Ephesus Uh, And Paul doesn't give us the details that that has him under great pressure. So look, look at what he says. He says, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. But he says, we were under great pressure. Now listen, I don't think any of us have ever experienced the kind of pressure that the Apostle Paul experienced at this moment in his life or at other moments in his life. Look at this passage of Scripture with me, if you would, here in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, because Paul gives us some insight 
to some of the challenges that he had faced in his life and in his ministry. Notice he said, I have worked much harder. I have been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely. And I've been exposed to death again and again. Now we could stop right there and say that not many of us have faced those kinds of challenges in our lives. But Paul doesn't stop there. He goes on and he says, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. He said, I have constantly been on the move. And the reason why Paul was constantly on the move is he was continually being chased. He was continually being hunted down because he wouldn't stop preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he shows us here, tells us what a dangerous life he had lived. He said, I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. One dangerous situation after the other that caused pressure in his life. And then he goes on. He says, I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. And then he says, besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Now listen, I can totally relate to that passage of scripture when Paul said, I face daily the pressure of the concern that I have for all the churches. Now get this, every day that Paul would wake up, he woke up with that burden of those churches. He woke up with the pressure out of his concern for those churches. It was a daily thing that he, he, that he faced. And I'm gonna be honest with you, there's not a day that goes by that I don't feel the pressure that comes with the calling that God has placed on my life. There's not a day that doesn't go by, especially in this season that we are in right now. I face daily, and many of my pastor friends, they face daily the pressure that comes from the concern that they have from their church. And Paul felt that same kind of pressure, but he felt it even more intensely than we do because he had the responsibility of many churches. And then the Bible tells us in chapter 1, verse 8 of 2 Corinthians, Paul reiterates, he says, we were under great pressure. Now listen, Paul wasn't a wimp. Paul wasn't a coward. Paul was not the kind of person that quit and threw in the towel and would give up. But Paul said, I have faced some difficult times in my life, but this situation that I'm in right now, it's different from any situation that I have ever experienced before because this situation has me feeling not just pressure, but great pressure. And that's where some of us are today. We've been through some crises in our lives. We've been through some difficulties in our lives, but this season seems to be different. And the pressure has gotten 
gotten more intense. But Paul doesn't stop there. Look at what he says next. He said, we were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure. Listen, if you've ever had anybody tell you that God will not allow more to come upon you than you can bear, that's not true. It's just not true. And Paul proves that here. He said that that we were under such great pressure that it was far beyond our ability to endure. And sometimes God allows us to get into situations and under such pressure that it's far beyond our ability to endure. And I'm going to share with you in just a moment why God allows us to be in those kinds of crises and storms in our lives. But he said it was far beyond our. And I want you to make sure you understand that. He said it was far beyond our ability. We didn't have the resources. We didn't have the power. We didn't have the might that was going to get us out of this situation. He said it was far beyond human ability to endure. And then he goes on and he says, here's how bad it was. He said, we despaired of life itself. Now that word despair there is is a very important word. It's a Greek word that literally means no exit. And here's what Paul was saying. He said, man, this situation was so bad. He said, we looked forward, there was no exit. We looked behind us, there was no exit. He said, I looked to my left, there was no exit. I looked to my right, and there was no exit. He said, every which way we looked, we didn't see a way out of this mess that we're in. And I can't tell you how many people I have heard in this crisis that we're in right now saying, Pastor, do you think we're going to get out of this? Pastor, I just don't see a way out. Well, that's where Paul was in this same crisis in his life. He said, we despaired. We saw no way out of this situation that we were in. And then he says in verse 9, indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. He said, I just knew that this was the end. He said, I just knew that we were not going to get out of this situation alive. He said, we had already pronounced the sentence of death over our lives. And listen to me, that's what pressure can do. Pressure can cloud our perspective. Pressure can cloud our judgment and and make us believe that there's some things that are going to happen that are not going to happen. But here's what I love about this passage of Scripture because it seems that at this point in the Scripture that Paul has a shift in his perspective. And that's what I'm hoping is going to happen to everybody that is watching this message today, that's participating in this worship experience today. I'm praying that you will get a shift in your perspective. Even right now, while I'm talking to you, while I'm preaching the Word of God to you, I'm praying that you would get a shift in your perspective. And that's what Paul seemed to do because Paul, all of the sudden, it seemed that he got some insight about the purpose of the pressure that he was experiencing. And here's what I love about this. I know that Paul was in a situation. He didn't see a way out. It it, it was like he was saying, I look forward, no way out. Backward, no way out. Right and left, no way out. He said there was just no way out of this situation. But then here's what I believe the apostle Paul did. I think he took his head 
and he lifted it up and he decided that I'm going to look unto the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord. And listen to me today. You may not see a way out. You may look all around you and not see a way out, but you need to lift up your head under the hills from whence comes your help. Your help and my help comes from the Lord. And I believe that's what Paul did. And he began to get a different perspective about the pressure. He began to realize that there was actually a purpose for the pressure in his life. And, and, and notice what he reveals to us here. He said, but this happened. He said, I believe God allowed it to happen for a purpose. I believe that God allowed it to happen for a reason. He said, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. And oh, that's where we've got to get to today. I believe that's why God has allowed crises in our lives. I believe that's why God allows times such as this, is to teach us, to help us to be aware that we don't have have the power. We don't have the might, but I'm remembered of what the prophet Zechariah said when he said, it's not by might and it's not by power. It's not by human might. It's not by human power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And Paul said, God allowed me to get into this situation because he wanted to humble me. You remember 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name will do what? Will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. You remember what James said. He said that God resists the proud. But he gives grace. He gives power to those who are humble, to those who admit, God, I can't get out of this situation with just the resources, just the human power and might that I have. God, I need your help. And the Word of God says that when we humble ourselves and admit that we don't have what it takes to get us out of this, that God gives us the grace and God gives us the power to deliver us out of a situation that we thought there was no way out of. And so Paul reminds himself of what a powerful God he serves because he said he, he, he allowed this that we might not rely on ourselves but on God. Look at this, who raises the dead. Paul said, I had already pronounced a death sentence over my life. He said, but then I was reminded that I serve a God who has the power to raise dead things back to life again. Amen. I think about Jesus when he walked up to the tomb of Lazarus, a man that had been dead for four days. And he told the people, he said, I want you to roll back the stone. And, 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 and they said, but Jesus, he's been dead four days by now. He stinketh. And you know, there may be some things in your life that have been dead for so long that now they're stinking. But Jesus said, move the stone. And he declared, or he spoke to Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. And what had been dead four days, 
days. And what had been stinking, all of a sudden, it comes hopping. He comes hopping out of that grave. Now, notice, Lazarus wasn't just dead. Lazarus had been dead four days. So he wasn't just dead. He was dead, 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 dead. But how many of you know today that God has the power to raise somebody even though they are dead, 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 dead. God can resurrect your dead, 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 dead marriage. And God can resurrect your dead, 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 dead prayer life. And God can resurrect your dead, 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 dead finances. Whatever it is in your life that's been dead and stinks, God still has the power to breathe life into that situation. And Paul reminded himself. I'm not going to rely on myself. I'm going to rely on my God who has the power to raise the dead. And then look at what he did. He reminded himself of, of some things. He said that he has, God has delivered us from such deadly peril. And Paul, I believe, began to reflect back to what he said in 2 Corinthians 11 about all the danger that he had been in, about all the trouble that he had faced and that God had always brought him through. And he said he has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again. And then he says, on him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Those are three things you and I need to remember today. That is that God has delivered us, that God will deliver us again, and that God will continue to deliver us. Can somebody just praise God with me this morning? Amen. Do you know that Jehoshaphat also faced a crisis in his life that created great pressure? In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, there's three nations that have formed an alliance. And they're moving fastly toward the nation of Israel to attack. And when Jehoshaphat gets word that this army is fastly approaching, the Bible says that he was terrified. But he responded appropriately to the fear. He, he converted his fear into faith. And the Bible says that he began to seek guidance from the Lord. And he called the people together for a time of fasting and a time of prayer. And the Bible says that they all gathered in Jerusalem to inquire of the Lord. And King Jehoshaphat gets up in front of all of those people and he begins to pray this prayer. Listen to what he says. He said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven. You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. And then I love this. He says, power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. Listen to me, Summerton Church of God, this morning. We need to remind ourselves who our God is. Our God is full of power. Our God is full of might. And I really want you to see that last statement. No one, and can I say it this way? No thing can withstand you, including coronavirus, including COVID-19. And so Jehoshaphat reminds the people who God is. But then notice what he does. And then he says, our God, did you not 
He reminds them of what God has done. He said, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? He said, God, you gave us the promised land. You drove out the enemy nations. And he says, since we've been there, he said, we have built a sanctuary there for your name saying, now look at this, if calamity comes, now look, right here, Jehoshaphat tells us what we need to do if calamity comes. Calamity is here. Crises is here. And look at what he tells us to do. He said, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague, coronavirus, COVID-19, or famine, we will stand in your presence. And listen, you don't have to be here in this building to stand in his presence. You can stand in his presence right where you are this morning listening to this message. He said, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name. And notice what he says, and we will cry out to you in our distress. Have you done that yet? Have you cried out to God? Have you been so desperate to see God work and deliver us out of this that you have cried out to God? And then he said this, he said, because when we do, you will hear us and you will save us. So he reminded them of who God is. He reminded them of what God had done. And then notice what he does. He says, our God will you not. In other words, God is not finished working yet. He is still working. And he says, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. He reminded them of who God is. He reminded them of what God had done. And he reminded them that God would be faithful to continue to deliver them. And here's what he spoke. He said, I want you to tell my people, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And listen to me today. He is still God. He has delivered us and he will continue to deliver us. This is not our first crises. This is not our first rodeo. Look at this. In the year 2000, it was Y2 Okay. They told us that everything was going to shut down when we, when we transitioned into the year 2000. But God brought us through it. In 2001, it was anthrax. And not only that, but 9-11. In 2002, it was the West Nile virus. In 2005, it was the bird flu. In 2006, it was E. coli. In 2008, the economy tanked bottomed out, bad economy. In 2009, it was the swine flu. In 2010, it was the BP oil spill. In 2012, it was the Mayan calendar. In 2013, it was the whole issue with North Korea. In 2014, it was the Ebola virus. In 2015, it was ISIS. In 2016, it was the Zika virus. And now in 2020, it's the coronavirus. What am I saying? I'm saying this is not our first rodeo church. This is not our first 
first crisis. This is not the first season of trouble that we have entered into. And God has brought us through all of those things. And I want to encourage you today to let you know that the same God who has delivered us will continue to deliver us in the present time that we are in right now. Somebody just thank God that he is faithful. Amen. Amen. Now, Paul tells us one final thing about pressure. Not just the problem of pressure, that it clouds our perspective. And not just the purpose of pressure, that God allows it to teach us to stop relying on ourselves and to rely on Him. But then he ends talking about the praise of pressure. You see, here's what I believe. I believe that when we fully understand the purpose of pressure, that we can praise God through the pressure. Listen to what Paul says about the pressure. He says, yes, he said, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril. He will deliver us again. On him we've set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. But then listen to what he says. He says, as you help us by your prayers. If there's one thing I know, it is that seasons of great pressure get people to praying again. I tell you, I believe there's people praying right now that haven't prayed in a long time. And if you haven't, you need to pray. You need to get on your knees and you need to begin to call out to God in this season that we're in right now. But here's what Paul said. Paul said, we do know that God has the power to deliver us. But he said, we also know that we need your prayers. And I think it's because Paul understood the cycle of prayer. He understood that God can't do anything until we pray. But he also understood that when we pray, that God hears and he answers our prayers. And that's exactly what he's talking about in this passage of Scripture. He said, we need you to help us by your prayers. We need you to pray for us in this season, this crisis that we are in. And then he says, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Paul said, here's what's going to happen. He said, you're going to pray for us and God's going to hear your prayer. And when God hears your prayer, then he is going to bestow his gracious favor on us because we know that we can't get from where we are to where we need to go if we don't experience the favor of God in our lives in this moment. And he said, I know that when you pray that God's going to hear your prayer and he is going to bestow his gracious favor on us and that when God does deliver us, look at what he says. He says, then they're going to be a praise service. There's going to be a time when many are going to give thanks to God. You see, I believe that God is going to use this season. And God is going to bring us through this season in such a way that when we come out of this season, that there's only one person who is going to get the praise. And there's only one person who's going to get the glory. And that's going to be God the Father. Amen. Listen, listen to what Paul says here in Romans chapter 5, verse 3, as it relates to praising God through our pressure, that, that, that we can praise because of what pressure produces in our lives. And notice what he says. He says, but with joy. 
let us exult in our sufferings. This is not a time for us to be depressed and whining and moaning and groaning. Paul said, with joy, let us exult in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships. Oh, that's, that's when you really know that the peace of God rules and reigns in your heart. It's when you, even in the middle of your hardship, even in the middle of your crises, even in the middle of your trouble, you can still have joy. And that word rejoice means to be full of joy, to be full of delight. And did you know that's possible for us? That when we're facing hardships, we can be full of joy. We can be full of praise. We can be full of delight. Why? Because we know that the pressure is going to produce something glorious in each and every one of us. He says, knowing that hardship, that is distress, pressure, and trouble, produces patient endurance. Oh, something good is going to come out of this season. Something good, something great, something glorious is going to come out of this season. We're not going to come out of this season weaker. We're going to come out of this season stronger. Amen. There is power in the pressure to purify us and to, 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 to help us to, to, to be who God's called us to be and to do what it is that God has called us to do. I think we right now just need to thank God for the pressure. We need to thank God for the pressure because that pressure is producing something that only God can produce in our lives. And I believe he's going to do that in our church. This is a season, like I said, we want the ball in our hand because this is a wonderful opportunity. I'm taken back when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and the Bible says that he was he was experiencing tremendous pressure because he knew what awaited him he knew that in just a few days that he would experience suffering like no one had ever experienced suffering he knew that he was going to be whipped on his back. He knew that there would be a crown of thorns placed on his head. He knew that he was going to be hung on a cross. He knew what awaited him. And he was experiencing pressure. He was experiencing stress. And I think it's interesting where this was happening, this prayer that Jesus was praying when he prayed, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And the Bible says the pressure was so great in his life at that time that his sweat, even his sweat was like great drops of blood. And it's interesting where that happened. It was at a place called Gethsemane. And Gethsemane, the word means olive press. Well, an olive press is where you press the olive so that you can get the precious oil out of the olive. You see, you can never get the precious oil out of the olive. The oil represents the anointing, the person, the work of the Holy Spirit. But you can't get the oil out of the olive unless you press the olive. And there's some things that just cannot be produced in our lives unless we've gone through some pressure. And that's where we are right now. But I want us to make sure that we use this pressure to our advantage. That we use this pressure for good 
and let God produce in us what only he can produce in us in this season. Let me pray for you. Father, I know that there's so many here today that are listening to me that are under great pressure. Because this crisis, Lord, has caused many to lose their job or to be cut back on their hours. And so they're feeling the pressure of it financially. Lord, we know that there are restaurants and small businesses here in our community that are beginning to feel the pressure of having to be shut down for a season. God, we just know that there are, are many other things that are happening during this time that has just added pressure and, and caused the pressure that was already there to be more intense. But Lord, I believe that you can use this pressure for your good and that we can all come out of this better, more holy, more pure, and stronger for your glory. That you are producing in us a greater glory. That you are producing through us, God, through the pressure, you are producing patient endurance, perseverance. Because, God, this is not the last crisis we'll face. We're going to need you to deliver us in the future. But, Lord, we know that the next crisis we face will be stronger because of the last crisis you brought us through. We thank you today, God, for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God, being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself. So why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.